promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is James chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. And it's a wonderful text that talks about the un- how we should be understanding temptation, how we should be understanding, understanding trials, and how we need to avoid the place where our mind will go to blame anyone but ourselves. Uh, that we will often point fingers at God, we'll point fingers at the devil, we'll point fingers at our friends, we'll point fingers at our family, we'll point fingers at our dog, we'll, we'll do anything instead of realizing that it is our own faults, it's our own um, failings, our own frailties that have caused our, our temptation, our sin. And he, he makes the point of this, James does here. You know, no one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God. It's, it's, it's saying, well, God's sinning against me. God's harming me. God is wanting me to fall away from him. Because that's not the case. God wants you to cling to him and he's going to cling to you. He desires you as his own possession. Why would he want to cast you off and, and he makes the point, since God is not tempted by evil, by wickedness, by uh, faithlessness, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone, doesn't place anyone under trial, does not uh, cause suffering upon anyone in the sense of pushing them towards sin. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Notice the juxtaposition there. God is not tempted by evil. God does not have evil desires. Whereas we, in our sin, in our temptations, and all those things, we do. That our own hearts, our our hearts that that Jeremiah tells us, are exceedingly wicked, right? They pull us away. Whereas here, he's, he's making the point that God doesn't have those evil desires. God's heart is not in that place. God's heart is one of long-suffering and faithfulness and, and never-ending mercy. Ours pulls us in every direction but towards God, and God has to lead us back to himself all the time. And then he says that those desires conceive, they, they give birth, they, they bring forth fruit, and that fruit becomes sin, and that sin leads to, to death, sin uh, being... Uh, 
the the uh, the culmination of all that is horrible in ourselves that needs to be healed that needs to be uh, redeemed that needs to be cleansed and uh, and it adds a little bit of an exclamation point there saying that it moves from a heart issue into something that we normally act upon and then that action leads to death and that's a that's a crazy thought but it's true and then he emphatically says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't allow other people to tell you what is opposite of what has just been said. And we see this happening in our country all over the place. We just uh, got done with elections, local elections and in various parts of the country. And Carrie and I coming out of Minnesota, one of the biggest things there was is in Minneapolis where um, they were voting uh, first on who their mayor is going to be. And then secondly, uh, they were voting to get rid of the police department, <laughs> which we know would go so well. And those things, you know, they voted against getting rid of the police department because crime has just skyrocketed through the roof in Minneapolis, just like tripled, quadrupled. It's, it's that bad. And the conversation that you have and the debate that keeps happening is you have a group of people who want to say that, oh, it's not the criminal's fault. They're being driven to this by poverty or they're being driven to this by racism or they're being driven to this by so many different things. And the other side is sitting here going, no, we're not laying a good foundation. And you listen to the sheriffs and you listen to the, the police chiefs and they're sitting here saying, we've got these young kids 13, 14 years old committing carjackings and then they're not being punished properly and so they grow up to be doing even worse things. Not having those evil desires, that, that, that sinfulness being curbed in some way at least so that they understand that there are consequences for their actions. And, and, and you can see it even not in that sort of extreme. As a pastor, I come into contact with people quite often who, who have found themselves in a difficult spot. And some will say, oh no, it's, it's my own thing. But others, there are some that I have conversations with who are homeless or are struggling with, with food insecurities and other things. And they'll willingly admit, oh, it's because I drink too much or I smoke too much or it's, I'm addicted to drugs or whatever the case may be. I can't hold down a job because of those things. They're willing to at least admit their wrongdoing. And that's the difficulty for us, right? And this is where James is getting at, is that it becomes a situation of us, instead of pointing fingers at everybody else, we have to accept the blame for our own brokenness. We have to admit our failings. We have to admit our fallen nature. We have to admit our sinfulness. And so when we pray, lead me not into temptation, we're not saying to God, don't tempt me. We're asking God to protect us from ourselves, from being pulled away from him, from getting too full of ourselves. And that's where verse 12 comes in. You notice I, I skipped the opening part. Uh, Blessed is the one who endures trials. Uh, the, the, the word there in the Greek is to abide under, to make a home under. The, blessed is the one who lives under 
trials, who lives under these testings, who lives under this this hardship, who lives under this stumbling, who lives under uh, these things that are pulling them in every different direction. Because, he says, when he has stood the test, the, the, uh, the Greek gives more of a sense of when he has been found approved, when he happens to be tried and true, when, when, when he, he is seen to be the legitimate article, right? The, the, the legitimate one, the, the one that, that fully trusts in God. He receives the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. I need you to understand something with this. What is being said here is that number one, you are blessed, you are you are happy, you are you are are to consider yourselves one who has been showered with the blessings of God when you are abiding under these trials that come upon you. Which is a weird thing to think because normally we think that God just wants us to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Because when you go through those trials and you've made it through like a, like a smelter getting rid of the impurities and metal and you're found to be exactly who it is that God has called you to be, you're going to receive what God has promised. Notice it's not a, well, I need to go through this trial and hopefully I get an A at the end. I have to go through this test and hopefully, hopefully I'll make it through. Hopefully I pass the course. No. It's, it's, it, it stands as, as something as true, as fact, that in the end, you're going to stand the test and you're going to receive this crown of righteousness that, is, that, that God has promised to you. It's not about passing the test. It's not about making it through the course. It's not about receiving the certificate. It's about understanding that even through our trials, we trust in God because he's promised that we're going to make it through. Even if it leads to our own death. He, he, he tells us, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And we hold to that truth that we might cling to him and know him as the one true God who has promised us all good things. Let's pray. O God, who tempts no one to sin, we pray to you so to guard and keep us that the devil, the world, and our own flesh may not deceive us nor lead us into error, unbelief, despair, and other great and shameful sins. And that though we be thus tempted, we may finally prevail and gain victory through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow.